out of you. Well, I'm waiting till tomorrow. Maybe we'll let the grandkids open one tonight. Of course, that's up to my wife, not me. So anyways, I don't, I don't run that show. <clears throat> Christmas. What an amazing thing. We're going to talk about the real purpose of Christmas. But before that, I want to read to you some, I believe, that are funny Christmas quips or sayings. Here's the first one. Remember that the important thing is not what you give or how you wrap it. The important thing during this very special time of the year is that you save the receipts. (laughs) Here's another one. Happy holidays from someone using environmental friendliness as an excuse for being too cheap and lazy to send an actual card. Here's my favorite. The nice list can't handle me. Now, it's beginning to cost a lot like Christmas, isn't it? May all your sweaters be ugly and bright. And last but not least, may your gifts be many and your returns and exchanges be few. We're talking about the real purpose of Christmas, and I want you to recognize the cross has a lot to do with Christmas. When Jesus was wrapped in what Scripture says, swaddling clothes, and laid in that manger, he appeared in that manger, the little Lamb of God. We look at the words swaddling clothes in today's day, we swaddle babies, but it's literally talking about clothes, and there's a spiritual meaning of that, the swaddling claws, as they would say. The real purpose of Christmas is the crucifixion and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, the Lamb that came and was sacrificed for us. Jesus died as the Lamb of God and was born to be the Lamb that takes away the sins of the world. These are just not songs They're not Christmas sayings. It is truth. God so loved the world that he sent his son, Jesus. Don't just think of Christmas as a baby in a manger. There's so much more that you and I can really understand during this season. Again, Jesus came to earth in human flesh so he could die on the cross. He couldn't die as God. He died as the lamb. He would pay for your salvation. He would destroy all the works of the devil in your life when you believe and you receive. The lamb who takes away our sin, that's Christmas. Paul writes about this in Philippians chapter 2, and he says this in verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So he was found in the appearance, and as we've studied uh, last series, or was fashioned as a man. Now, 
It's really interesting, the word appearance in the Greek is the Greek word schema. Now, it literally is not a biblical word, but it is a word put in the Bible by Paul because he was describing something that is very interesting. It's an ancient story of a king. So we use this word in the Bible. A king who wanted to be with his people, but he couldn't. He was king, and he was so glorious in his country that if he walked among his people, he would be mobbed. He just wanted to be with his people because he loved them. So thinking according to the tale, I'm going to change my clothes. That's what the king was thinking. I'm going to remove my royal garments. I'm going to dress like a normal citizen. And I'm going to leave the palace and show up on the streets and walk with my people and experience them and allow them to experience me in a way that they could never dream. He did. And no one knew who he was. So Paul, knowing this writing and this history, he used the word schema. God so wanted to be with us, his people, to redeem us. That God removed all of his glorious attributes, Scripture tells us, and took upon himself to appear in the form of a servant and showed up as a baby. According to John, John chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, says, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Christmas, Jesus was born, our celebration. But he lived 33 and a half years on this earth. Again in Philippians 2, verse 8, And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. He humbled himself. I want you to think about that. This glorious king, God, humbled himself and became obedient unto death the death of the cross. In the Greek, the word humbled, it depicts someone who is willing to stoop to any measure that is needed. Whatever you and I needed, God came to this earth, was born as a baby. Born as a baby. Not born, he could have, as an adult, but he's born as a baby to show the love, the absolute love, and humbled himself to the care of the creation. His care depended upon his creation. That's so amazing if you think about that. He took upon flesh, being made fashion in the womb of a virgin, and her name was Mary. He became subject again to his creation. 
The reason why? Because he loved you and me. He loved you and me. We're looking at some words, and the word obedient is so important because it said he became obedient. It tells us this word of a not-so-pleasant experience. He wasn't looking forward to the result of his obedience. Because of the result of his obedience was the death at the cross. Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, watch what it says, endured the cross, despising the shame. Endured the cross, despising the shame of what it meant to go to the cross. The joy of the result of what he despised would be you and me coming to salvation. You and me accepting that relationship and that relationship Watch this. It basically came from what he despised and what he endured. Many instances in life, people want everything to just be perfect in their life. Well, I want to tell you, as most of you know, that life just isn't perfect all the time. He would pay the price for the forgiveness of my sin and yours. Again, Philippians 2.8. Notice I've read it many times. He became obedient to the point of death, even the death unto the cross. Now I want to just talk about another word there, the word even. It's saying you can't imagine how low he stooped to die on the cross. Even, it says there, even the death of the cross. The lowest of the low, he stooped because of the great love he has for us. Verse 9 of Philippians 2, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on the earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. A day is coming that in all the chaos of this world that every knee is going to bow to Jesus. They will bow to ultimate authority. This baby is God in the flesh. Ultimate authority. Has done everything perfect for you and for me. Jesus being born actually fulfilled prophecy. In Micah 5, verse 2, 730 years before Jesus was born, a prophecy was given. Listen to this. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrata, Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, 
whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. What God did is he put into action his plan. Christmas. He got Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem in the time so Jesus would fulfill prophecy. Just listen real closely to that. Understand that a decree from Caesar was the catalyst of this to take place. Someone that was in the world that brought Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem so that Jesus would be born according to the prophecy that was given 730 years before. You know what that shows us, what Christmas represents? That God will get you where you need to be for your destiny. I want you to understand, God is going to get you in the very place you need to be in the very time you need to be there. So many of us are are living our lives and, and we question because Life can be chaotic. Life can just do some things that really bring heartache to you and to me. But I want you to understand, God is going to, if you really understand Christmas, and the purpose of Christmas is to show you that God himself loves you so much that he was, was brought at the very perfect place by a human, his mom, Mary, And Joseph, his father, human father, to the very place to fulfill God's plan. And he's going to do that with you. Some of you have faced things in your life in 2023, and you wonder, God, where were you in this? I want to tell you, when you look at that manger scene, you must understand even though it seems like you're the furthest away from what you have dreamed that you need to be, God's going to bring you right there. He's going to use whatever it takes to bring you there. His plans are yea and amen. Now, let me show you, but sometimes it's not easy in this world. Regarding Joseph and Mary, it was between 70 to 90 miles, depending on the road they took, to get to Bethlehem. Ladies, she was ready to deliver. And she had to go 70 to 90 miles. She said, that's okay, I just hopped in the car. Well, they didn't have cars back then. I don't believe that they had a Ferrari camel, but, you know, who knows? See, God will ask you to follow his plan, not your own. If you are willing, Christmas reminds us God will get you where you need to be because you're willing to go there. Yeah, but pastor, you, you just don't know what I've gone through and what I feel now and, and my emotions, and I, I, just, I just need, what's God saying to you? 
Christmas is a reminder that God's plan works. I've realized in 66 years of my life is that my plan doesn't work all the time. But I've found that God's plan always does. And you will arrive at the perfect moment. So Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem means the house of bread. John 6.41 says, The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. The Bible tells us he's a living bread that came down from heaven as a baby. He supernaturally was birthed in salvation. And he, the bread of healing, the bread of prosperity, the bread of God's promises. He is the living bread. Luke 2.7 says, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And we'll close with this. And laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. By the way, it was actually a cave. It wasn't a barn. It was a cave that housed animals that they used. And the manger was carved out of the side of the cave. But notice Mary wrapped baby Jesus in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. So again, here's, here's a question we want to answer. Do you know what swaddling clothes are? What were they used for? <clears throat> Christmas cards are wonderful, and I enjoy them, the beautiful pictures. By the way, thank you for the cards that you have sent us and the photos of your families. They're wonderful. But I want you to picture with me here now. In the Greek, the word used here for swaddling clothes is very interesting. It's a description of when little lambs, firstborn little lambs were born, and they were perfect. The first one was to be given for sacrifice for sins. The lamb. And so what they would do is there were swaddling cloths that were in the cave, the barn, and they would wrap the baby lamb so that the baby lamb would not injure itself, that it would stay perfect. And so when Mary didn't find any room in the inn, they went to a cave that was used for a barn. There are animals all around. And to give you and me a perfect picture of Jesus being born, God coming to this earth, humbling himself, coming to this earth, and being born as a baby, wrapped him up in swaddling clothes as a lamb that was going to be sent to be sacrificed for the sin of mankind. He was born a Savior. When Jesus was born or his first appearance, he was wrapped in swaddling clothes, foreshadowed his purpose of coming. The very purpose of him coming, born to be the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world, depicted by the swaddling cloths. 
John 1, verse 29. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Dropping down to verse 36. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. When you see a manger scene, I would encourage you is to point to the manger scene in a symbolic gesture and say, Behold, the Lamb of God that was born to die for me, for you. Revelations 5.12 says, I dropped down for the people on the notes there, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And the last verse I want to give to you, and I want to pray for your homes. And I, then we're going to move into the next, I'm going to call it a phase, because I, I want you to understand is that God is the light of the world. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And in this world, every step that you take, you need to see Jesus in it. John 8, 12 says, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let me pray for you. Father, I come before you in Jesus' name, thanking you for just an absolute, overwhelming understanding of that you are the Lamb of God, that you went to the cross. And today we can walk as though we've never sinned because you have removed that sin from us. Let that light shine in our hearts. To all that are watching online, God bless you. Blessings all over your home. Be reminded tomorrow, Christmas Day, Jesus was born the light of the world and fulfilled all prophecy. Thank you, Lord, that our homes will just be overwhelmed with peace and joy. Healing will wrap. We just explode. It will be rammed into our lifestyle. Healing prosperity, peace, and joy. Lord, return to us your promise of a home that is a home of peace. And I give you praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Ryan. Amen. Um, We are going to be moving into a very special part of our service today, which is the lighting of the candles. Um, Was everybody able